So uh, today we're starting the book of John. Uh, so if you uh, haven't listened to last week's message, we would encourage you to do so. It was the introduction, kind of set the stage for where we're going to be going. Today we're going to do the first five verses of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. This sets the course for the rest of the book. The rest of what we read in John over this next most likely 18 months or so will uh, be springing from this foundation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God, give us wisdom to know and to understand the beauty of your word. Give me wisdom to communicate this accurately. Amen. As we start the book of John, we do have a request for the church to please approach this, in particular these passages, like you've never heard it before. Some may not have heard this before, and we welcome you. But for those who have, receive these words as if you're receiving them for the first time. As if you're living in the Bill and Ashley's adopted country, and these words are new. Familiarity can breed boredom. We can yawn at the spectacular. And these words are spectacular. But if we lose that because of the familiarity, we can miss something so profound that our God is teaching us from this word. Verse chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. This reads loud of Genesis 1. In the beginning, the Bible starts, God created the heaven and the earth. This book, John draws on that language and that imagery. In the beginning was the word. So before everything, there was the word. Whatever or whomever the word is, it is eternal. Now, we've talked about this at the elders meeting. The, throughout John, there's going to be these poetic words that are full and packed with meaning as God is communicating limitless truths in, in words that we're tr we can try to catch on to. What does word mean? It's a Greek word mean logos. Commentator D.A. Carson describes it as God's word in the Old Testament, which is where John often draws much of his imagery and wording from, is his powerful self-expression in creation, revelation, and salvation. So it's God communicating who he is. John will clarify what exactly that word means as we go through the book. It's about to be defined. It's about to be personified with precision and clarity. But whatever it means, the word was there in the beginning. 
And the word was with God. That this eternal word is distinct from God. That there's this eternal and holy community with God. So this word, whoever he is or whatever he is, does not exist as some isolated, aloof maverick. But no, this word is in a holy community with God. And the end of, and, and it continues rather. And the word was God. So not only is this eternal word eternal, and not only is this eternal word with God, this eternal word was and is God. John makes it clear, as Keith reminded us in our meeting, that there is no debate, there's no, no discussion. He's not similar to God. He's not divine-like. He's not sort of God or an expression of God or an emanation of God. He is God. Not a created thing or being, but God. The Alpha and the Omega, says the book of Revelation. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. And then verse 1 ends with a bookend to how it begins. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 2, rather, as a bookend to how it opened. The eternal word is God. The eternal word is with God. And the eternal word was God and is God. So we'll stop right now and just say... God does not fit into the limited, small, finite capacity of the human mind. Because someone might hear this and say, wait a minute, you just said he's with God. You just said he is God. And you just said he's, you know, he's God, he's with God, he's in the beginning. How does that all work? Biblically, we can understand our God. We can be certain and sure of who he is. We can say with clarity, this is who our God is. Don't buy into some of the narrative that God is like, I don't know. You know, we can just make him to be who we want him to be. No, he has revealed himself with clarity and precision. But we cannot say, therefore, that God fits entirely into the human capacity that we can therefore figure him out like he's a Timex watch or a diesel engine. Now we know with clarity the eternal word is God and is with God. It's true and we know it to be true even though it's too glorious for the human mind to grasp in all its entirety. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, that's an indicator a little bit more about this word. All things were made through him. So this eternal word is not a concept, an idea, this sort of nebulous, let's try to figure it out thing out there, but it's a person. 
a hymn. And everything, according to verse 3, owes its existence to this person. He's not a created being, but rather he is the being through whom all of creation owes its existence. One way to say it would be, his fingerprints are on everything, and there is nothing that don't have his fingerprints on it. For by him, says Colossians, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. It's almost comedic to think about as we walk through the book of John that there he is, the eternal word, interacting with people, talking with people, healing people, loving people. Some of them doubt him, reject him, laugh at him. And they owe their very existence to him. To the person standing in front of them is who they owe their existence to. The very one they are mocking is the very one who created them. Verse 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It sounds like a later passage in John chapter 5, verse 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. This eternal word, this one who through whom all things were created, he is the source of life. So all that people are looking for in many and various ways for purpose, meaning, substance, direction, hope, immortality is found in the eternal word, period. If someone seeks purpose in life, if someone seeks direction in life, if someone seeks the main point of all of life, apart from the eternal word, they will be disappointed because its source is in him. And he is, as it says here, the life was the light of men. Elsewhere in this book, this eternal person, this eternal word is referred to as the light of the world. He shines, he illuminates, he makes clear, he removes the veils, he removes the dark shadows. He takes away the clouded mysteries. He shines bright. And that theme of light runs through the book. Verse 5 as well. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The systems, the worldviews, the values of this life are often sourced from the self. They're often centered around me. They often find their beginning in pride or unchecked sensuality or greed or the pursuit of what is best for me. And all of this is inspired, all of this is provoked by the enemy of mankind, Satan himself, 
which John will talk a lot about. He is seeking to destroy each and every image bearer of God. And when one honestly looks at the reality of the human race, we see darkness in every corner. The Bible calls this darkness, but then it says that this light, this eternal word, this person through whom all things were created, shines in the darkness. 2012, the elders, we had this conversations of different metaphors that really helped bring this to light. And what came to my mind was an experience I had years ago, 2012, in Tripoli, Libya. I'd gone there with Kevin to visit his daughter, Bethany. And Libya had just been, uh, there was, the Arab Spring had hit Libya. Gaddafi, the ruler for 40 years, had been overthrown, and his palace had been ransacked. It was literally a pile of rubble. And you could go in there and collect souvenirs from Gaddafi's house. I have one. I don't know if that's a boast or terrible thing, but I have one in my office desk. Gaddafi had all these underground tunnels, miles and miles and miles of underground tunnels throughout Tripoli as a way that he could move around the city undetected. And you could go down into these tunnels. So we had the, I don't know if it was a bright idea, but there's a few military guys, militia men around. There's really no local police force, as you can tell. But we think we're going to climb down into these tunnels. So the three of us climbed down underground onto a ladder of a hole in the concrete. And I believe Bethany had been there before, so we kind of followed her. And we went down one corridor and then took a, took a right, I believe, and then walked another corridor and then into a room with our little flashlights on our phones. And I had the ridiculous idea, I'm going to turn the phone off just so I can see how dark it is down here underground. So I turned my phone off and I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And I realized I don't know how to get out of here. If my phone dies, I might die down here. And I panicked. I looked at Bethany and I said, I got to get out of here. And the look on my face, she knew we got to get him out of here. So she thankfully knew where she was. And did one turn here, one turn here, as I followed her blindly. And I'll never forget the emotion that I felt as we walked down the last corridor. And there was the hole in the concrete and the ladder shining through to show me the way out. This is who and what the eternal word is. Darkness everywhere. Pain, sadness, grief, and the destruction that sin brings. And the light shines bright, leading us to life. And verse 5 ends, and the darkness has not overcome it. As bad as the darkness is, as horrific as the darkness can be, as painful as the darkness can leave in its wake. The darkness cannot and it will not overcome the light of men and women, him to whom all things owe their existence. We've had lots of conversations around what it feels like right now culturally. 
global pandemic, the economic consequence, the isolation that so many are feeling, political uncertainty and unrest, the historical wounds of racial injustice and trauma being reopened. It can seem like the darkness is thick. But this light, the eternal word, him who created all things, shines bright and the darkness cannot and will not overcome it. So we'll stop and, of course, step back. Who is this eternal word? Again, if we were reading this for the first time, if we were living where our dear friends Bill and Ashley live, we might know, not know who John is talking about. We know as the book develops, this eternal word, this light of the world is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is eternal, no beginning and no ending. He is with God, part of the holy community, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is the one through whom all things are made. He is the light of men and the light of women. He is the one who darkness cannot and will not overcome. He is the one that this book is about that will spend the next coming months growing deep to knowing him more. Whenever we read the Bible, we always step back and say, okay, this is what our God has said to us in his word. What is our response? And we would submit to you three responses. There can be many responses, but we would boil it down to three. The first one would be this. Respond with your mind. We are commanded as believers to love God with our minds. As a younger believer, heavily influenced by, by I think, an unbalanced sometimes view of Scripture, I looked down on deep doctrine. I looked down on intellectual rigor because I thought it was less spiritual. I was a fool. This is deep doctrine meant to fill our minds with glorious truth. To be a believer does not mean we turn off our minds. To be a believer means our minds are fully exploded and alive. This truth is meant to transform the way we think small about God and big about ourselves. May the truth of John cause us to think big about God and small about ourselves. This is meant to fill our intellects on a trajectory, towards a trajectory that is God-word and God-filled. Well, church, allow the truth of who Jesus is as revealed in his word, sink deep into our minds that we might think rightly and accurately about our God. Secondly, we would say, respond with our heart and emotions. We are not, you know, just theoretical, sort of all academic, no transformative reality working in our hearts. 
We allow our, lives, our minds to explode with truth, and then we allow our heart and emotions to also explode with that same truth. We are physical beings, mind, body, heart, and soul, all of it redeemed for Jesus. Be captivated by the transcendent majesty and glory of King Jesus. Get on our faces in wonder about who our God is. Shout hallelujah. This is a great room to shout hallelujah in. So I hope as we are able to gather again next week that there's lots of hallelujahs as we study the book of John and sing these truths together. The darkness cannot overcome him. And if we are in him, the darkness cannot overcome us. And thirdly and lastly, respond with our wills. This is the point of the book. John chapter 20, John explicitly says this is the point of the book. That we would believe in Jesus and have life in him. So we hear these glorious truths and we should respond by God's grace with our wills. Motivated by grace, empowered by grace. Turn from sin. Turn from the lie of sin. Submit, yield, and follow this eternal word. Let nothing and let no one take you from him. The eternal word, the one who sustains all things, the light of the world is Jesus Christ. And darkness cannot overcome him. Amen? God, we submit to you these words, your very word. Write them on our hearts. Help us to understand it rightly and correctly. In Jesus' name, amen.